1: are now in the underdog sports fantasy hour. I am Josh Dunn. I'm joined as always by Anshu Kana. Anshu, we're a week away from Super Bowl action, uh, so we've got this whole media spectrum going on with that in Miami uh, that's to come, but uh, obviously uh, really a slow sports week otherwise. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA and talk about our early thoughts on the Super Bowl, but how are you doing this evening, my friend?
0: Uh Yeah, very slow week. Been doing good, though. Finally kind of licking my wounds from Sunday, obviously, in more ways than one. But, uh, you know, it was a fun year uh, for football. And we've got amazingly just one meaningful football game left for this year, which is sad. But I think, you know, it's been fun on both in both college and NFL. So it's, it's about time to turn the page to baseball. Yeah, and I want to get your
1: reaction to that. Obviously, Bovada did a great job last year. BovadaSportsBook.com uh, did a great job last year with putting up some prop bets for the Super Bowl. They had some interesting ones. They let us get in on the action a little bit as well as far yeah. as uh, trying, to, trying to come up with some of our own prop bets that they added a few of. And I know one of yours got on there. At least one of yours got on there, so we'll we'll see what they uh, conjure up this year, and and we'll definitely be talking about some of their lines throughout the show. But uh, also wanted to to just kind of get that the, the thoughts you you alluded to it with Green Bay, and and obviously it was a tough loss. Uh, you know we had we had the games this past weekend. The Titans go up early against the Chiefs. They end up falling. Uh, you know Patrick Mahomes really took took charge there in the second half. And really, at the, even at the end of that first half, and then obviously the Niners, uh, you know, they they ran the ball effectively as they've done really all year. And, and Green Bay just couldn't quite get things going the way that you had hoped. Uh, but just wanted to kind of hear your reaction to the games that we watched together last weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, the, I think you pretty much nailed it. The Titans game, you know, went exactly according to the script that the Titans would have wanted. You know, like, I mean... Derrick Henry gets rolling, they get out to an early lead, they've, you know, they're forcing Mahomes into some weird situations. And it felt like, you know, with the lead that the Titans, you know, not only were they going to cover, but they were, they were looking really good to win that game and, you know, play a Titans-esque game the way that they had won the two previous, but, you know, the magic just kind of runs out and, Patrick Mahomes is just so damn good, man. Like, he's they're running the ball and throwing. Like, there was nothing fluky about the 35 points they hung on the Titans. And, uh, and you know, vice versa. I mean, the Titans, you know, stayed in the game, close 24 points deservedly. And uh, just one of those tough, you know, like the better team clearly won by the amount they probably should have won by. So it was a fun game, much more fun than the second one. But I thought that the Chiefs, uh, you know, deserve to be in the super bowl we've said pretty much the entire last month or so that they were the best team in football and they and they clearly were um but it'll be interesting to see you know they they kind of got i feel like the titans off schedule it'll be interesting to see if they can do that to the niners after as you alluded to the niners were able to just run all over the packers only eight passes from jimmy garoppolo in that game um You know, it's just insane, like, that those two games, Garoppolo's basically had to do nothing, and it was exactly your concern, like, whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo could win playoff games. They haven't needed him. I mean, it's basically been what the Titans did in the first few rounds uh, with Tannehill, and so, you know, it'll it'll be... It's such an interesting contrast in styles again, and, you know, I'm... I, I, you texted me and Chris, and I, you said it was a great matchup. Like, I mean, I could see this going any way. Either side could blow them out. Either side could win a narrow game. I like nothing would surprise me in this matchup.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited for this matchup. And you know, we talked about how it was, you know, Tevin Coleman a week ago, and then this past weekend, it's it's moster. They just you just don't don't know how they're going to attack you with that run game, but you assume that that's going to be the the, the their plan or their game plan around that run offense. And it's just been so good. Uh, and they've been able to mix it up in so many different ways. It's, it's, it's really difficult to kind of figure out how to stop that. Um, so, so that, that's been something that, that we've been able to watch throughout these playoffs. That's been kind of interesting uh, as, as you know, you alluded to the being able to do it against green Bay, but were you happy as a green Bay fan with the way that the season finished out? Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm sure that maybe you were, were a bit surprised at least you know, that they made it as far as they did, um, you know, mm-hmm. knowing what you knew early on in the season.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there, <laughs> there were so many fits and starts throughout the year where you're like, Oh, you know, this team is not as good as it looks. And then suddenly, you know, they show those flashes like the first quarter against the Vikings when we were watching it crawls that day. Do you remember that week? I think it was yes. week two yep. or three and they're just lighting the world on fire. And that I kind of, I feel like ever since that game, you know, even the first game just seemed like another preseason game against the Bears. That game, though, that quarter really was something I think a lot of Packer fans, myself included, were clutching to throughout the year as, you know, this is a good Vikings team. And, you know, if this Packers team can kind of capture or recapture that that performance, that production throughout the season, um, you know, and or throughout an entire game, they could beat anybody. And And I really would believe that all the way through to the end. But, you know, end of the day, like they were, as we said over and over again, they were a much better team at Lambeau. The defense played a lot better at Lambeau, but away from there, it brought a lot of concerns to the forefront. And there was a, a moment there on Tuesday, Matt Lafleur, as it was a season-ending press conference, and he basically says, "Like we're looking at everything in terms of maybe firing Mike Patton." um after you know what was a much improved season both statistically and you know just in games to help them get to a 14 and 4 um but you know at at the end of the day it looks like they are going to keep him which i think is a little bit scary after seeing what the niners did so i don't want to you know you don't want to overreact to one game but it you know they're as metlaforce said like there is a massive discrepancy between the niners and packers as currently constructed and i'm i'm concerned personally that mike patton isn't the guy to bridge that gap And that, you know, there was an opportunity here to make that change and that maybe they're they're riding the high of a like a 14 win season. So I'm curious to get your objective perspective on this on on the Packers defense and, you know, and on keeping Patton specifically.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's tough because they looked really good at times, but there's inconsistencies there. And I I don't think that's uncommon when you look across the league at at defenses really throughout Mm -hmm. is you know, you see different versions of a lot of defenses on good teams and it's difficult to be consistent in this pass heavy NFL that we're, that we're seeing today. I mean, how, how do you expect to cover guys when, you know, all of the, the new rules that have been put in place over the last few years are, are really a benefit to the offense uh, in a lot of ways. Sure. So I, you know, I think the Packers have a lot of good pieces. They they still have a relatively young defense too. They've added a lot, you know, through the draft and free agency and, you know, made some trades the last couple of years that I think have positioned them in a way to have, uh, to be able to build around that that core on the defensive side of the ball. You, you just wonder how many really good years you have left out of Aaron Rodgers at this point. And, you yeah. know, that's, it's such a, it's such a difficult position to to get a franchise type guy at. And we, you know, we spent a lot of time last week talking about, you know, the pr- prospects of Joe Burrow going to the Bengals and you know, I haven't had that feeling for a long time, maybe, you know, a little bit with Carson Palmer, but it didn't last as long as you've had with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, yeah, you had the passing of the torch. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen that. I mean, not in my lifetime anyway. So it's, it's, it's a luxury that you, you can't take for granted as a, as a team. And, and hopefully he has a couple good years, but you know, I wouldn't say he's necessarily feel it it doesn't feel to me like Aaron Rodgers has regressed because you still see him make plays but the offense as a whole at times didn't look like like the, the offense that you would expect Aaron Rodgers to lead if that makes sense
0: yeah for sure I I think that if that the offense is definitely the issue of why they didn't I think ultimately finish where they could have long term because they could have had the offense been better better over the course of the season they would have probably been the one seed you know and then Totally different game if Niners are playing in Green Bay. I'm not saying they had a won that game, but I, I and you know obviously the difference in scoring was huge. But I think you know they were they were clearly a different team at home. But I I agree. I, I'm excited about Rodgers in year two. Brian Gudikins went on the, went for his season ending presser as the GM of the Packers today and said that they will definitely address receiver, which I think is a great thing for them. They, I mean they badly need one. There's no question about that. There are rumors around them being linked to Austin Hooper. I think that would be a great add for them. Um, but you know like. Overall, I I still I'm concerned that at the end of the day, they gave up 37 without even blinking to this Niners team. And I'm worried about Patton being their guy that, you know, even Aaron Rodgers in all his glory can't, you know, first of all, they won a lot of close games this year. They're likely due for some regression next year. So say the Packers are like an 11 and 5 team next year. I would be concerned that that defense in the playoffs won't be able to slow down the Kyle Shanahan's and maybe Sean McVay's and others in the NFC specifically, um, and and that that scares me a ton. But I think your point is well taken about defenses just being so up and down. Even the Niners gave up 46 to the Saints, you know, a, a couple weeks ago. So it's I get what you're saying. It's just you know it's frightening because I feel like he got totally outclassed and just totally neutered by Kyle Shanahan in that game.
1: It's just so difficult to be consistent in today's NFL. I mean, even the, you know, yeah. the Titans hung up a bunch of points on the Patriots and, and the Ravens sure. whose defense sure. was really good at times this year as well. And they were the best team in the NFL in the regular season. So it's just, it's just a difficult thing to be consistent at in this NFL today. It's a pass heavy NFL. Obviously we saw, you know, we loved watching Derek Henry and, and, you know, the Niners backs so, well, most, you know, as America yeah. loved seeing the right, shift, right. back to the run game to an extent, but overall it's, it's still a pass heavy league. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll see a shift back to the run game because of some of the trends that we've seen work this year, but overall this league, I mean, is certainly still a pass heavy league.
0: No doubt. I mean, that's why we're talking about Joe Burrow going one and not chase young, not, you know, not Jonathan Taylor, not JK Dobbins. Not DeAndre Swift. You know, we're talking about guys that are passers, even non-running passers. Like, I mean, Joe Burrow can run a little bit, but he's not a running quarterback. So, I, I I, mean, I think the NFL obviously agrees with that sentiment as well.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. All right, Anshu, let's move on to the actual big game, the Super Bowl. We've got the Niners at the Chiefs, at the Chiefs. Obviously, we're at a neutral site in Miami Gardens, Florida, at Hard Rock Stadium. The game's 530 on Sunday. Not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, aren't you? I know a lot of people aren't going to be working that Monday, including probably myself and you. Uh, but this <laughs> is – is, I will say, I mean, as far as Super Bowls go and, you know, there's been a lot of teams in the Super Bowl over the last decade that I just – I didn't want – even a lot of games that I just didn't care to watch because I didn't care about either team. This game is, to me, two teams that I don't hate. Two teams that are fun to watch and two teams that have very different styles. I'm, I i don't know when the last time I've been this excited for a Super Bowl as an objectively unbiased fan.
0: Yeah, well, that's because we've seen so much Patriots and Steelers the <laughs> last decade, I feel like. That's true. But it yeah. is worth
1: mentioning Bovada does have the Chiefs at minus one and a half and an over-under at 55, so they expect points even with San Francisco's defense as good as it's been. And really, the, the Chiefs defense has been really good of late as well.
0: Yeah, I I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. I and mean, I mean, barring like some kind of weird nervousness, I but I I don't see that. I don't even though both these teams are are essentially pretty new to this stage. I mean, it's I think that it's going to be a very interesting game, a very you know high scoring game, not a lot of nerves. Two really good coaches. Um, two I mean, one amazing quarterback. I, I think that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, my lean, though, with the line is I I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think Mahomes is just going to go off like the Packers still scored 20 points in the second half of that game. And I know that some of that, you know, prevent defense, whatever. But, you know, the Packers also turned over the ball twice inside the Niners 30. One was a fluky fumble thing that on a snap. I, I, I think that. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to score, and I think the Niners are going to be able to score, and I expect this to be a really fun game, which to me leans towards the Chiefs with with a lot of points being scored. But uh, like I said, like I don't feel super great about it in either direction. I don't know if you feel the same way.
1: I, I do think the Chiefs have kind of found their stride offensively, um, you know, and I think that. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm making Jimmy Garoppolo beat me. If, yes. if I'm going to lose to the Niners, I'm making Garoppolo beat me because he hasn't had to to your point really do anything in these playoffs to move the needle for the San Francisco 49ers. They've they've done it with the run game. Uh you know, that's a way that they should be able to gash Kansas City, but I'm putting 8 or 9 in the box and making Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball over the top to to beat me in this game. So for that, I I don't I'm still not a true believer in Garoppolo, so for that reason I think the Chiefs do end up winning this game. I I do think it's going to be close, though. I think this is going to be a really entertaining Super Bowl. Like I said, the contrasting of styles to me in this game, you you have a a defensively strong team that runs the ball versus a defensively inconsistent, kind of like your Packers team Mm -hmm. uh, on the defensive side of the ball for Kansas City, but then one of the best passing offenses maybe in the history of the NFL when fully healthy. So that to me is fun. It, it, that to me makes for good football and entertaining football. And, you know, w- in the biggest game of the season, you know, everybody thought maybe Mahomes' year was last year, and then the Patriots kind of knocked them down a peg, and here they are playing for the Super Bowl against the Niners this year. I mean, it's just a fun matchup. And you think about the history of these two teams, you know, you had so many quarterbacks uh, during our childhood, aren't you, that ended up playing in Kansas city that started their career in San Francisco. And you're going to hear those storylines all week, but it's just kind of funny to see these two teams. They're, you know, both very red jerseys. You know, they, 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 they've got contrasting styles right now. And it's just, I don't know. I, I I guess as a, as a casual football fan, I'm just, I'm just really excited to see what side gives here. And and I I do think it's going to be a back and forth battle for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with all of it. I like even though the Chiefs came into the season as if not the favorites, probably top 3 for sure. Um, you know, like if you had told me in the middle of the season Mahomes gets injured and um whatever else happens, like I think it would have been a shock to me. If if in the middle of the year you said this was the matchup. I know that the Niners are hot, but I don't think many people still expected them to roll into the Super Bowl, you know, and and I think that especially preseason, no one would have given them that. So especially in that division, I think it's it's a really interesting matchup. I, like I said, I, I'm, but it's going to be fascinating. I think it's, and it's the ultimate chance for Andy Reid. You get the kind of feeling that if he doesn't do it this year, I'm not sure when it's going to happen. Like, I mean, as long as you've got Mahomes, you've got a chance, but this is, this feels like if they lose this, it would be it'd be really crippling for him, for his psyche, you know, to have been to this game or gone at least to a conference championship so many times and never actually come up with the ring. Uh, this 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 is his moment, I feel like. And uh, you know, off the bye, they've it's been well documented how good they've always been. Andy Reid has always been, whether it's Philly or or in Kansas City. So, uh, really, really expecting them to come out and have a plan for that run game defensively and really have a plan to throw the ball. Um, But my concern would be more specifically, like you said, that Niners defense is terrifying. I I think the Packers offensive line was probably the best in the league, if not the top three. Um, Do do the Chiefs have what it takes to, you know, slow them down? I would be concerned about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I I know I said the Chiefs, and that's kind of where my heart is on this game, and that's where my feel is. But if I'm looking on Bovada and I'm seeing even money at plus one and a half for the Niners – I don't yeah. know I, I as a as a betting man I just because I think this game is kind of a coin flip because their defense is that good I mean Mahomes is great but they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna put pressure on Mahomes and I think that that's the one time you see him make some mistakes we've seen it at times throughout his career uh in this is you know possibly the best defensive line in football so plus one and a half for even money compared to minus one and a half for the chiefs at minus one twenty i I don't know. I kind of like that even money is a better. And obviously that allows me to hedge my emotions a bit too.
0: Yeah. there you go. Or the money line. I mean, the money line, I think they're like plus 140 straight up. I mean, you don't even need to take the point and a half, just, just bet them. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I think that it should be, I, I agree. I mean, like at the end of the day, they're uncommon opponents. They don't have a lot of teams they've both played this season that have that you know, and then you also have the factor of Mahomes being out for three or four weeks and then taking a couple of weeks to get really ramped back up. So I feel like, you know, it's it's just an odd matchup and it's just it's like week one. It's hard to know which lines are good and bad, um, because they just you know, there's just not a lot to go off of whereas the last few rounds we've had a bunch of rematches or common teams obviously in conference. So it's I mean, it's gonna be it's it's anyone's guess really. I don't think that anyone really has a great feel for how it's going to go, but I I think that the difference is just that I think that the Niners defense is a little bit overrated and um and I think that the that the Chiefs will be able to pass on that secondary as long as they can block that front, which is easier said than done, but I I think they'll have a plan for it.
1: Fair and thank you for correcting me. That was the money line I was looking at, and that's what I mean: money line on Niners rather than one, minus one twenty Chiefs. Uh, but yeah, I, I will talk a lot more. We're gonna we're gonna go through the prop bets when, once we see the prop sheet on Bovada next week. But uh, again, we're both excited for the game. I know we'd rather see Titans uh, Packers in this game, but yeah. nonetheless, I think this was the matchup that the casual football fan that didn't have a rooting interest wanted to see. Uh, if they weren't rooting for their own team or uh, their good buddies' team, in my case,
0: so, um, I think it's I think it's the two best teams too, which is what you want in the Super Bowl for sure.
1: All right, let's. This is something we haven't done much this year. We've been so in, enthralled with with football over the last uh, you know seventeen weeks plus uh, when you when you add the playoffs to it. We haven't talked much NBA. We talked a little bit early on in the season. Some of the storylines that have been going on, but we really haven't gone there. And we're about halfway through the regular season now. Uh, things are starting to take form. You've had some significant injuries that have caused some teams to fall back a bit. Your Milwaukee Bucks. I know that uh, obviously you're a Bulls fan, but your Milwaukee Bucks, forty and six this year. They're eight games ahead of the Miami Heat, which uh, is a second place team. That that to me is is surprising. I know we know the Bucks are good, but. They didn't really do a ton to improve. We know they signed, re-signed Middleton. But are you at all surprised that they're eight games ahead in the East? I mean, they, they're on an eight-game win streak. They've won nine out of the last ten. They're averaging 119 points a game, which is seven points better than anybody else in the East. I mean, this this is a, a team that, that's, that's playing on all cylinders right now.
0: Yeah, they definitely are. And they lost Malcolm Brogdon, who looks like he might be an all-star uh, or close to it for sure for Indiana. For Indiana. So, yeah, I mean – got to be a surprise that they've been this good i i you know they're you have to wonder watching the bucks if they are just like a, an amazing regular season team the way that budenholzer's teams were in atlanta remember they stole that one seed when i think many people thought they weren't even going to make the playoffs one of those years and so i know that that's not the case with these bucks but um credit to them for you know riding it out and Giannis plays almost every single game for them um and they're just so damn good with or without him like i mean he's missed a, I i think two or three games and they've won those too he's just i mean but he's clearly to me the best player in the league at least from a regular season perspective and um yeah i mean the way that they're running away with this and the way that the rest of the conference has sort of broken out all their players to each other like i i mean i feel like right now the bucks are the best bet to make the finals by far of any team in basketball
1: yeah, and oddly enough, when we look at the futures on Bovada, they still don't have the best odds to win at all. The Lakers are sitting there at my, or excuse me at plus two seventy-five, Bucks at plus three hundred on Bovada. Is that at all a surprise to you? Obviously the Lakers have played well. Uh, they really haven't had a ton of injury issues. There's been a lot of talk about what they might add at the trade deadline. Some names have been thrown out there, but they've got a four and a half game lead in the West and You know, the Clippers have dealt with some injuries. They're five games back at the Lakers. The Jazz and the Nuggets are sitting at the two and three spot, respectively. Uh, The Mavericks have been a big surprise this year. I mean, that West is kind of a mess. Nobody thought the Thunder or the Grizzlies would be in the playoff race.
0: Yeah, the Grizzlies have been so fun, and John Morant has been a revelation. You were talking about the storylines. I mean, he's got to be one of the big ones. Luka Doncic, obviously, is another. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I – Uh, That stuns me that that's the case. I I don't know how the Lakers are favored to win the title when, you know, in the West they have to go through that gauntlet at the end of the day, they're still going to have to play way better teams in Milwaukee. Will and even if straight up you, you pick the Lakers over the Bucks, which I would completely understand. I mean, it's, they have to run through such a, like a murderer's row of teams, like the Clippers, they have to play the Clippers in the seven game series. I, I don't even know if I would favor them straight up still. So, like, what are we even talking about here that the that the Bucks are not favored over them when you think of who they'd have to play? Sixers are a mess. I know that Joel Embiid's been hurt, but like, you know, I to me, the Bucks are by far the likeliest team to make the championship. And I think that those odds are phenomenal with Bovada because of that, because of the fact that at the end of the day, they should be in the finals and then you can always hedge. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you disagree in the East. I, I just don't see anyone beating them. Yeah,
1: I mean the Sixers are the team that has the second best odds on Bovada to get there. Um, you know, to to win the championship. I, I, you mentioned the injuries to Embiid. I, I, I actually I, I like the Celtics more than I like the Sixers in a seven game series, wow. just because they have the depth that I don't think you see in the Sixers. Um, but yeah, the East is. Really top heavy with the with the Bucks. I mean, the Heat have been a surprise. The Heat do have you know some some guys playing above punching above their weight, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, this mm-hmm. year. And so do the Pacers. I mean, they're getting depot back now. I think he he just came back a couple games ago. Mm-hmm. So they're working him back into the fold. I mean, that's a big addition for Indiana. So you expect them to take a leap forward. But it's not the East that we you know that we saw with the Cavs when they had to fight their way to the title. Uh, several years in a row I mean they had to fight through that that the, those uh, those Celtics teams those Sixers teams Pacers gave them a good run the Toronto Raptors obviously uh, the defending champions you know and they're still in the mix at, at 31 and 14 as well uh, so there's there's a lot to be determined obviously you know we still have a trade deadline on the horizon we still have all star break to kind of to kind of take some time away and let things all sink in and see where we're at. But on the other side of that, you know, teams that maybe are on the outside looking in right now, is there a team on each side that that wouldn't be a surprise for you to see go on a run and maybe make a push for uh one of those playoff spots. Obviously, Zion's a big storyline. He came back. That Pelicans team now adds, you know, another another layer to it. Drew Holiday's been hurt. He's back. I think the Pelicans could make a run. Maybe the Blazers are still sitting there. Uh anybody on the East, you know, in addition to them or, or anybody on the West that I
0: didn't mention that you like? Uh, not that you didn't mention, but I was going to say that the Blazers are the sleeping giant to me. Um, you know, they, I just feel like they're going to get, they're going to make some moves at the deadline. They're going to get Nurkic back. And so I think that all those things combined, um, you know, they were just really cold earlier in the season. They've kind of found their level over the last few weeks They're so a little out of it, but you know, one of the best home court advantages, obviously in basketball, if not the best. And, uh, I think that they are, they're a team like, again, when you look at, playing as a one seed, if the Lakers do get that one seed, which isn't a lock, you know, if you have to go up against the Blazers in the first round and then, you know, say they, they win that, then they have to play the winner of like a Nuggets, you know, Rockets series or something, or even throw Luka Doncic and Dallas in there. I mean, that is, that is a brutal, then finally, obviously the Clippers are going to be waiting for him in the West finals. That is such a brutal run compared to the Bucks playing like a joke, like, you know, charlotte or whoever in the first round and then um you know and then like I, obviously then it gets a little bit tougher if you play indiana or boston or something like that but you know it's it's it just shocks me that that's the case but yeah i i think that to answer your question more directly but like the the blazers and who they may trade for are the the team to watch
1: it's a perfect segue because this is a fantasy show and you know as sad as it is we haven't talked much fantasy since that football regular season took an end and uh there's been a lot going on in our Fantasy Basketball League. It's been fun. There's been a lot of injuries. But uh, you mentioned the Blazers and them. their potential to go on a run. They've, they've got in our league right now, and our, our league's at points league. Uh, obviously, I know there's a lot of Roto Leagues out there. But our league our league's a points league, and the Blazers have two of the top 11 players right now in fantasy. They've got Lillard at six, who's actually battled some injuries, and Hassan Whiteside, who's missed games at number 11 overall in our league. These are two guys with Yusuf Nurkic, who has always been a productive fantasy player because he, he he's a double-double machine. Mm-hmm. You know, they, this team continues to get healthy, and I, I just I, – I can't imagine this team missing the playoffs if they're healthy by the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I, I think that they are – and again, if they make a trade – like we talked about them trading for white I know that you like that move for them a lot. And you know, I, like you add Nurkic, as you said, I just think that that depth and the waves they can come with, and especially if they get hot, they still, even if they get hot, they're probably still only they're capped at like the seven or six seed maybe, but that's just a really dangerous team. And the, a team that obviously was, had, has been there now after last year and had some success in the postseason. And we know, what Willard and McCollum and all those guys can do. So if they add a Kevin Love or somebody else, I mean, I I think that they are, they're dangerous. I I would also just throw the nuggets out there. I mean, the nuggets are a team that's, you know, they're, they had title aspirations coming into the season. And if you had told me before the season or anybody that Michael Porter jr. Would do what he's done, which is in games where he plays over 20 minutes, he's averaging like 16 points a game for them as a rookie. Like that's, that's such a huge add to what they have already and I, I just think that they are they're a really dangerous team too and a, a very tough court to play at because of the altitude and everything else so um, that's that you know you're talking about fantasy I think Michael Porter jr certainly in the second half is a guy to look for to
1: yeah and if you uh, you know we talk about some of these lines on Bovada. I'm looking at some of the futures for NBA uh, the the nuggets are actually plus 130 to win their division. The Jazz minus one forty five. So the Jazz are a half game up on Denver. Uh Denver's undefeated in division play this year. They haven't lost to wow. a division opponent. They're six and oh. I kinda like that at plus one thirty with Denver. Uh if you wanna if you wanna maybe throw a like a crazy bet out there in that division, there's Portland's thirteen games back, but they're plus twenty thousand in the division. I mean, they go undefeated the rest of the year.
0: <laughs> big ROI yeah <laughs> hey but uh, the way we're talking about them it sounds like they are going to go undefeated the rest of the season so yeah, I mean
1: whatever we say is you might as well just book it because we, <laughs> we are never wrong when it comes to our bets that we lay down
0: 100 <laughs> percent. yeah Niners are going to win the Super Bowl by 40 by the way
1: oh nice yeah so that, so that money line will look good then for
0: me oh yeah there you go actually yeah you'll be right one oh. of us will be right there
1: that's good. That's what we should do. Every single decision we make from a betting standpoint, we just should never agree so that one of us is always right.
0: That's right. There at we a go. Thousand.
1: All right, let's Perfect. talk. Let's talk about some of the surprises, though. I mean, I, I've I've been looking at the the fantasy standings again. We're going off of our scoring, so you know, we have all the categories matter in our league, so the roto roto standings should be at least somewhat similar, right, aren't you? I mean, maybe field goal percentage factors in a little bit more in those types of leagues and some of the other things, but for the most part, they should be relatively close. I was surprised. This is your boy, and I wasn't as high on him coming out of college in Oklahoma as you were, but Trey Young's number 10 overall in scoring in our league right now, and obviously they've had had a little – I mean they're the worst team in the NBA right now. They've they there was some talk that they were engaged in trade talks for Andre Drummond, which I didn't really understand cuz Drummond's an all-star and they they're the worst team in the NBA. Those fizzled out, but are you are you surprised to see the production this early in his career? I mean, you've got him and the the guy in that draft, Luka Doncic that was compared, those are number 4 and number 10 overall right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not shocked. I I guess I am surprised that in fantasy in like normal leagues, Trey Young is doing what he's done. I'm not surprised about the scoring, but you know, he's, his assists, uh, he's doing exactly what he did at Oklahoma, almost nine assists a game five boards a game is wild. I mean, part of that is obviously because they're getting up and down the court pretty quickly, but that's a big number for a small, very slight man. So um, he's playing a ton of minutes. My guess is that that tapers off over the course of the year as they try to lock down the best odds to get the highest pick, even though this draft is going to suck. But yeah, I mean, I I think that Trey Young is is a huge surprise. I would also... Venture out and say, I mean, there are, there are a couple of times you mentioned Hassan Whiteside. That's probably the biggest one. But how about DeMontis Sabonis of Indiana? He has yeah. been awesome. He should be a, an all-star. We knew he was hyper-efficient coming into this season. but It was a minutes
1: th- thing. They didn't give him minutes last year. I mean, yeah. I know he had an injury, and but they ended up signing him to the extension. And, you know, he's very productive whenever he's in there.
0: He really is, and I I feel like he's yeah he's kind of taking that next step where they realize that he's got to play more and you know I, I mean Miles Turner got a lot of the the headlines for the last few years but he's been I, I think Sabonis has clearly separated himself as the better player um, both in fantasy and in reality and you know the other one I would bring up is you know obviously Bam Adebayo is a guy that we've talked about quite a bit but you know there's Brandon Ingram like that trade was yeah. all about. Lonzo Ball and those guys but Brandon Ingram you know we talked there was a a degenerative disease that we thought might end his career I mean there was talks about that but he's been amazing and he's only getting better and now you add Zion to the mix I think that's going to be a good thing if anything for him it's like you know when you add Calvin Ridley to Julio Jones it only opens things up for him so I think that that's those guys are all they've been headliners in this first half to me.
1: Yeah, a week ago, Brandon Ingram, forty nine points, eight rebounds, six assists. If you had him in fantasy that night or DFS, you were a happy person. But it's uh-huh. it's not just that game. I mean, a few nights before, twenty nine eight and eleven. Night before that, thirty five eight and five. I mean, he's just uh-huh. filling the stat sheet this year, and he's a guy that we always knew he could score. But the way he's filling the stat sheet with the assists and the rebounds on top of that, and the way you would expect his you know slender body to fill out over his career, I mean, maybe maybe he's better than
0: I thought he was. That's for sure. I, I think it's surprising that he has taken the step after leaving LeBron because we know LeBron and you saw it firsthand has made so many players, you know, the best versions of themselves. And it's interesting to see Lonzo Ball and and obviously Brandon Ingram more so go somewhere else and really thrive. And I think it bodes so well for that franchise, especially if they keep your boy Drew Holiday um, and they get you know a a more you know, fit version of Zion Williamson in the future, I think that, and they add a high pick this year, that's a dangerous group of players. And if, if this version of Ingram is what we see going forward, that's a, I mean, it's a pretty fun
1: team too. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I, I I really like that Pelicans team. I hope they get healthy and I, you know, I hope they stay healthy because I think once they gel as a unit, you know, Lonzo Ball's been great, too. And I love Drew Holiday. And if they could figure out a way to keep those two guys on the court or complement each other when they're not on it together, they I mean, I, I just think they have enough weapons to, to go on a bit of a run. Uh, so we'll Pretty see. Sure. I, the other two guys I, want, I wanted to just touch on, and they're both point guards – you know, we talked about Shai Gilgis Alexander and, you know, how productive he was with the Clippers, you know, another guy who really fills the stat sheet. He's not, he's not a, a, a sniper type of a scorer, but, you know, he's going to, he's going to get steals for you. He's going to get a bunch of assists. He'll get rebounds because he's got that length. He's sitting there at 28th overall and scoring in our league. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that, that, that I was surprised to see have as much success since being traded to Oklahoma city uh, as he has had. and, and, you know He'll continue to have success. Obviously, he's playing alongside Chris Paul. Chris Paul is still extremely productive. They've got uh, the, the Thunder right there in the playoff mix. So yeah. I was a little surprised to see them in the playoff mix, but also to, to, to see uh, Gilchrist Alexander have this type of success. And then the other one is Devontae Graham uh, with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they lose yeah. Kemba Walker. They bring in Terry Rozier, who has also been great. But Devontae Graham has taken a huge leap forward uh, this year. I mean, last year he averaged 11 fantasy points per game. Uh, this year he's averaging 36 fantasy points per game. That Jeez. is an like, extremely, extremely large leap. And, you know, obviously Kemba Walker really ran that city. This is a young player who, you know, should be around for the foreseeable future in Charlotte. I mean, he could be their next star. He's 27th overall in our league right now.
0: Yeah. Kemba said when he left, they asked him, you know, like who was going to, you know, he, he kind of said like, you're in good hands, you're in good hands. And the first guy he mentioned was Devonte Graham. So, I know part of that's probably because they were buddies at some point, but that's that's high praise from a guy that's been as authentic and as much of a, a part of that fabric of that culture as any player uh, in the league, and you know that's come through there. So yeah, I think Devonte. It's interesting too because he really wasn't that player at Kansas. You know, like he wasn't wasn't even really the best player on that team at any given point. So to see him, it's so fun to see guys like that thrive after even having several years uh, at a specific place and just a different look gives them, you know, a different kind of vibe at at the next level. Uh, the other guy I'd mentioned too, as a fill in for someone that has departed is Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet for Toronto has been absolutely absurd this year. And, uh, you know, obviously we thought he'd get some minutes, but with Kyle Lowry, you know, missing time here and there, it's been, it's been interesting to see them sort of play together and Van Vliet's been better than Lowry. So, um, really interesting there. I always liked him in college, but again, a guy that was a, a stat stuffer at the college level, coming into the pros, taking a couple of years, and now becoming the player that he's been has been really, really impressive.
1: Yeah, and we kind of saw him start to take that trajectory in those in those finals, and really in the in the entire playoffs last year, hitting some yeah. really big shots in those in the all those series. Really, uh, yep. real quick before we before we kind of let this show take its end, I wanted to just. You know, we talked about the, the obvious favorites. We talked about the Lakers, the Bucks, the Clippers. Outside of those three teams, I'm looking at Bovada once again. You know, they've got the Rockets and the Sixers at plus 1,100. They've got the Jazz at plus 1,400. they high on the Jazz. Vegas is high on the Jazz, and Bovada's proof of that. Boston at plus 1,600, the Nuggets at plus 1,600, and then Dallas at plus 1,800. I'm surprised Miami's there at plus 3000. They're the two seed in the East and they've they've really been the surprise team for me so far in the East. But is there anybody in that grouping that you, you know, for that type of money would be willing to take a chance on or are you pretty confident that it's definitely going to be one of those first 3?
0: I'm pretty confident it's going to be one of those 3. But I think that did you bring the Nuggets are in that group, right? Yeah, plus 1600. I think that I think that they're a team to look at just because it, again, you look at like potentially hedging down the line i think they're a team that could give the lakers trouble like when you think of a guy that can potentially just you know a team that maybe makes the lakers play a little left-handed and would also be a disaster matchup for the clippers and you could you could throw that the other way around but um assuming the the nuggets there's a team i think if you're the nuggets you want to be playing the lakers in the second round not the clippers um just because like they're I think that Jokic is a good matchup for Anthony Davis. And then they have a bunch of big, like rangy guys that could, they can throw at LeBron. Um, and then, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know about you. I don't trust the Lakers depth when it comes to June. Like, I think that they, I just don't think that they have enough. I know that the deadline's going to be there and they'll likely add, but the way they're currently constructed, I'm not. I'm not a buyer. I think that the Clippers are much better situated, and I think that teams like the Nuggets and even the Blazers, to a certain extent, and of course, I love Luca, but I, I'm worried about them. But even them, they could give them, you know, an interesting battle in the playoffs.
1: I love that the West is is as competitive as it is this year, though. And then there's yeah. some surprise teams. I mean, the, the Mavericks are one. You just didn't know what you were gonna get out of Chris Stapps Porzingis and you know, obviously Doncic was coming off of a great year, but could he do that once again and he's done that and then some. I mean, Dallas is a fun team and uh, you know, there's a lot of those those teams that just just have that that they they've kind of leveled the playing field so to speak. And For obviously sure. the Lakers have been great, but you know, they've got two guys that you know, at the later parts of their career, can they stay healthy? down the stretch and really keep this up. And obviously they, they don't really have much depth beyond their, their stars. I mean, Kyle Kuzma was a guy that they would expect to step up. He was the one guy that wasn't a part of that trade with new Orleans and he's been injured, uh, you know, underproductive and and, and really in a lot of trade talks too, to be leaving LA.
0: Yep. Yep. That's been a name that we've seen bandied about a lot. And, Uh, You know, I I mean, I think that that's a potential buy low, but also, like you said, like, I think that that's he's also been an issue for them, like culturally, you know, like we've seen the stuff with him and LeBron back and forth on social media, which is just nauseating. But, you know, there's there's. I I, like you wonder if maybe they hauled back Kuzma and instead traded someone else, maybe like Alonzo Ball or someone that might have been a better fit for this particular team. So uh, I know Rondo will come back and play more for them and they'll look a little different down the stretch. But what they are right now to me, I know that the record's good, but I'm just not a buyer. I just don't I don't really get it. Like, I know that those two guys are incredible, but. I I think that in the playoffs, you've got to have waves of players that can come through for you, and I I just don't know that they've got all those players where I think the Clippers definitely do.
1: I agree with you there, and I think the Clippers have the depth that, that L.A. doesn't, and they have a lot of different ways that they can beat you. I I I was just looking at the bottom of this list, and the Chicago Bulls and the Cavs are right next to each other. But the Bulls have twice as good of odds to win the NBA championship, plus seventy-five to my my Cavs at plus one hundred fifty thousand. Tell you what, man, that that I was at the game here in Chicago. I know you were just disgusted that I would make such a poor decision to go there. Cavs are up seventeen at half and absolutely just tanked it in the second half. This is a team that, man, it, it's hard to watch at this point. I, I my NBA league pass is just burning a hole in my pocket at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it has not, I'm sure it hasn't been fun for you. It's certainly not fun for me today. They found out Laurie Markinen's out for the next four nice to six I weeks. My guess is he'll probably be out longer than that. Um, you know, it's, it's a disaster, but hopefully they'll just burn it down. Obviously the issue with the bulls is they never burn it down because they're a bunch of dumb asses, but <laughs> you know, it, it's hard right now, but hopefully, you know, both teams, especially the Cavs get a high pick and are awarded for this just godforsaken dumpster fire of a season
1: they won't i appreciate you saying <laughs> that though I hope so. well we've got another week so. to let this all marinate before we get to the super bowl i'm excited to see that prop sheet i'm excited to go through that with you so i could take all your answers and use it when we have the super bowl uh, watch party together and uh you know it's always a fun time it, it's the you know the the, the sports peck, uh, pinnacle of 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 our country and you know we always watch the game together and it's always a fun Fun way to get a big group of people together to watch teams that'll never be my own.
0: <laughs> hey, man, you've got the burrow season is coming, so it's 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 soon to happen for you. Oh God,
1: let's hope so. All right, You, for for you Con I'm Josh Dunn. Uh, we will see you guys next week. We'll talk some more Super Bowl, but our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour.